Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. It's Friday. Break out the board games. It's the Friday night of a long weekend. Thanks for starting it with Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins tonight, broadcasting live from the Terwilliger Rec Center from 6 until 8. The annual Family Day Classic going in full force goes all the way through until Monday. Always a spectacular event, raising a lot of money for a good cause. I'm by Rink B here. The silent auction table is in front of me, uh, as you would expect. Dozens of hockey-related items, uh, gift certificates to restaurants you can bid on. Speaking of board games, I see a whole bag full of board games wrapped up uh, as well. And even a Stormtrooper helmet, if you're of a Star Wars inclination, as I may have been at some times in my life. So, yeah, this is pretty fun. And uh, you know what it's like in the broadcasting business. Some people like me get to go to the Terwilliger Rec Center. Some people like Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels get to go to Arizona. Jack, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. You have absolutely no excuse. I told told my boy Tyler you'd stick around for his 8 o'clock uh, face-off. So uh, I expect when you shut down here at 8 o'clock, you'll be glued to his matchup uh, for another hour and a half. So how does that sound? Oh, I'm glad I know that he's fit. How old is he now? He is first-year Wee, and they're on 8 o'clock. I can't tell you what ring, but he is playing at 8 o'clock, and I told him you're going to be out there and that uh, you won't have any excuses. So it'll be up to you to explain to him uh, you know how shattered he'll be when he finds out you didn't stick around to watch his game at 8. Okay, well, this is great. I'll have to find that game, uh, game for sure. And so this, that's the, that's the tough life for you being a hockey dad and obviously traveling. And we know you're, you love your job and you're incredibly passionate about it, Jack. But you got to sacrifice some games, eh? You probably, you probably miss, well, probably fifty percent of his games, I would imagine. At least, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing, uh, missing most of the Stollery tournament. I think he's got a, I, I think he's got a Sunday night game too that I'm hoping to catch at least a part portion of. It will depend on how quickly the Oilers arrive back from Colorado. But first things first, they've got a titanic tilt with uh, Arizona tomorrow. And I think some of Todd McClellan's planning for the weekend was disrupted by yet another fluke circumstance in a season that's had a ton of them uh, today in practice. 
All right, can you can you tell us what happened there? I, I know the Oilers tweeted out a couple of photos with El Montoya down on the ice being tended to. Well, what exactly happened, and do you get a sense of how how serious this could be? It was just an errant drive off the stick of one of the defensemen, and I think uh, you know they were wrapping up a drill at practice and. And, uh, you know, I think Al's going to be fine long term. I don't know about his immediacy in terms of whether or not uh, he'll be able to go this weekend at all. So I, I my hunch, uh, my strong hunch was that uh, Al Montoya was going to get a shot to play tomorrow uh, in, a, in a spot where he delivered 57 minutes of shutout relief and a come from behind win over Arizona just last month. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost certain he was going to start one of the two games. And I'm, I'm better than 50-50 that he was going to get the call because just the way Todd McClellan answered the question, you know, in, in light of Montoya taking that shot, it did sound like kind of the worm had turned a little bit once that struck Montoya because I think he had a, he had a plan in mind for the weekend, and I think that kind of went out the window with what happened today. I, I Like I said, I don't think it's long-term uh, for Montoya, but in the very here and now, in terms of what transpires in net over the next 48 hours, uh, I think it's highly likely that, that Cam Talbot is going to start not only uh, Saturday, but I think it's probably better than 50-50 that he gets the call Sunday as well against Colorado. Because, again, Montoya appeared fine, Reed, but he he was stunned. And I think that's changed things this weekend. Well, yeah, yet another sort of freakish circumstance for the Oilers. Uh, I mean, they haven't played very well this year, but they, they've had, had a few unusual things happen to them like that as well. And I, I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Montoya in net at all. And given that this might be the, the – well, I hope it's the depth. I hope it starts going up. This might be the depth of Camp Talbot's funk. Uh, you know, you couldn't uh, you couldn't argue about some of the goals on Monday against Florida. He came out after the game and said he wanted four back. And last night, Jack, I mean, it wasn't a, it was not an energetic game by the Oilers by any means. But you know, you look at that William Carlson goal, and you know, I know Rob and I were watching it several times, even figuring out uh, uh, how it how it went in. So g- given that, I, w- I wouldn't have surprised to see Montoya tomorrow. And, and Talbot's one of many Oilers here. Uh, that got a battle and, and got to get back uh, to, to have, I think, their minds in a better place as much as anything else. No, I, I think really Cam Talbot is in a very similar spot as to what he was in December of 2015. You'll recall uh, he'd gotten off to a really rocky start as Edmonton's de facto number one at the start of Tom McCollum's first season. And it wasn't until the Oilers went to Boston, I believe, and Talbot ended up making something like 49 saves and in Edmonton's first win in that building. And, you know, I think it had been somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 years at that point since they'd last won in Boston. And, you know, that changed not only his entire season, but it's the course of his entire Edmonton career around. I mean, he went on a run. Anders Nielsen never could really find it after that. Uh, you know, at Nielsen, up until that point, the first two months of that 15-16 season, it played better than Cam Talbot. And, and uh, you know, Talbot went one way and, and Nielsen went the other and has kind of bounced around the league ever since, whereas 
you know, Cam up until this season was was considered, uh, you know, absolutely not only the number one for the Oilers, but, you know, probably the most durable goaltender in the entire league. I think he was on course to, you know, play another 70 games this season had things gone, uh, you know, the way he anticipated. And he's going to get close to that. I mean, he's playing a ton of games. But, it, you know, Laurent Brassois hasn't quite found a groove. I, I mean, there's been an opportunity this year. Uh, for if the Oilers had a legitimate number two guy to step in and, and give the team more quality starts, I think, you know, Cam Talbot might not have played as much as he had this year because, you know, the cold truth is that with a 900 save percentage, uh, Cam Talbot hasn't played anywhere near as well as he anticipated and certainly Oilers fans anticipated. And it doesn't sound like a big drop, but when you go from 920 to 900, you have the kind of drop that's resulted in Ed Edmonton landing in a similar spot to some of the other teams that have had their goaltending issues this year. I mean, you look at the four teams who've dropped Reed, and it's all the same story. Montreal, Ottawa, uh, Columbus to a lesser extent. But these are the teams that have fallen off the pace, and Chicago's the other one. And it wasn't because Corey Crawford was ineffective, but it was because he got hurt. And those are the teams that have had issues in net, and those are the teams that have tumbled out of playoff contention when many thought those four or five teams would be right there. Oilers play-by, pardon me, Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's in Arizona with the Oilers. I'm at the Terwilliger Rec Center. All right, Jack, we always uh, we always weave in other topics when uh, when you're on the show you're obviously a huge sports fan uh, as a lot of people listening are so Arizona you know you, you visit these uh, markets like Chicago Boston Philadelphia where you got numerous teams to talk about different histories in different cities when to, when I say Arizona to you what does that imply sporting landscape wise I mean are we just are we just talking like 2001 uh, Schilling Brandy Johnson, and then there's a whole bunch of I don't know. Do you look at the Lute Olson led Arizona basketball teams, or what's uh, what's king down there? What are your what are your Arizona highlights? Well, the sporting tradition for me in Arizona really starts with you know one of the most famous games that was ever played on on. Uh, you know, CBS TV, and that was that dramatic triple overtime NBA Finals game where mm-hmm. Garfield heard it won from near half court to force one of the overtimes. And, uh, you know, but the Celtics eventually beat the Suns in that 76 NBA Finals. But, you know, when I grew up, Phoenix was best known for its basketball team. And, and as you know, I was a huge NBA fan in the 80s, and they had some exciting teams with Kevin Johnson and Thunder Dan, and you had the gorilla, you know, jumping around around and, and doing those monster dunks off the off the rebounder. I don't know, you know, I, again, I know you're not the biggest NBA fan, but that for me was always you know, that's what that's what I thought of when I thought of Phoenix and and you know, the D-backs as you know came in in the late 90s and, and of course, uh, you know, quickly following suit was the abrupt move of Winnipeg to, to the Phoenix market and, and the Coyotes used to play downtown and every once in a while you'd see when I was in the minor leagues, you'd see Thunder Dan holding court at his bar outside uh, outside where not only the Coyotes played but but the Diamondbacks played right down the street. So that for me is where you know is where Arizona you know it fits on the sporting landscape. It was always a Suns town, and 
And I'm also proud to say, Reed, that I'm one of the very few people who can say he's called a professional hockey game in all three facilities for the whole, you know, held the sport here. Uh, I called it the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the original Sun, uh, home of the Suns, and where the old Phoenix Roadrunners played in the early 90s. Uh, I called a game in America West Arena, which which is, is still the home of the Suns and was the one-time home of the Coyotes. Just a dreadful place. I mean, you talk about <laughs> not made for hockey. I mean, the, the benches, I think, held about 16 guys. Uh, they were they were just ridiculously short. It, it makes Brooklyn's Barclays Center look like a hockey only facility. That's how bad it was. <laughs> was that the and one where there were course, st- uh, was that the one where there were seats behind the net where you couldn't see the net because they hung over so oh, far? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's where America West was, and then and then of course they moved out to Glendale. So I've called I've called all three uh, I've called all three scenarios, and actually. Uh, the funny thing, Reed, is there's a goal judge here that's still an NHL off-ice official, working NHL off-ice official named Adam Keller, who years ago, and he's at every Coyotes game. I've never failed to see him. Uh, he's at every Coyotes game working as an NHL off-ice official, and he was the original guy, the original GM of the Phoenix Roadrunners of the old IHL back in, in the early 70s when, when Willie O'Ree actually finished up his career out, out here playing in, in then the Western League with not wow. the not the WHL you know, <laughs> but the Western Hockey League that was a professional league uh, that was a very popular spot for guys to finish up their career in the late 60s and 70s because you had it in markets like Phoenix, Arizona, and San Diego, California. You should try to interview that guy tomorrow. That'd be incredible. Oh yeah, Adam Adam Keller is a beauty. I think he's probably in his 80s, and uh, he, like me, has seen it all when it comes to professional <laughs> hockey in the Valley of the Sun. That's awesome, Jack. Thanks for giving us the latest on the Oilers. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. I'll let you get back to your Friday night here, and of course, uh, two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, you'll be calling the game here on 6:30. Chad, looking forward to it, man. Tyler Michaels, 8 o'clock, Sherwood Park, That's... or Willard Rec Center. Stick around in. for a little four-on-four magic, Reed. I'm booked in. Thanks, Jack. How about that? His uh, son's playing in the tournament here at the Terwilliger Rec Center. Reed Wilkins live on location for the Family Day Classic. This is always fun. And it's always fun to have Jack on the show. And, uh, yeah, Al Montoya, unfortunately, uh, took a shot up high. I believe it was Brandon Davidson that that shot it, though obviously not intentional. So Montoya now, uh, as Jack said, not expected to play this weekend when you would have thought he would have got one of the two. Adam Larson back with the Oilers after being with his family. Of course, uh, Adam's father passed away a couple of weeks ago, and you'll hear a little bit from Larson as we move along tonight. It is 6.20. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30, Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30, Chet. Oh, Bobby Dahl laying down the baseline there. NHL tonight, Flyers and Blue Jackets scoreless in the second period. Islanders and Hurricanes scoreless after the first. Avalanche and Jets scoreless halfway through the first period. Blues and Stars coming up in a few minutes. Michael Backlund gets a contract extension from the Calgary Flames. Six years, average annual value of $5.35 million. Calgary Flames back at it tomorrow 
They will host the Florida Panthers. Oilers Coyotes on 6.30, Chad. 12.30 face-off show game will start at 2. Your Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. Don't think Adam Larson is going to play, but he is back with the team. Through this tough times, it, I think hockey is the best therapy for me right now. And um, being around the around the guys kind of gets your mind off off everything. So I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. This is kind of a support group that not a lot of people in life have. 25 guys, they're, they're tight. Yeah, there've been uh, tremendous support for me throughout this, and even. Even the management, the organization, everyone from the office has, uh, has been tremendous support. So I'll be forever thankful for that. And uh, even to let me go home is something I can't thank them enough for. So it's uh, no, but overall, I think hockey is best for me right now. Putting on the stuff and skating, what was that like today? It was good. Uh, I've been skating a little bit even back home, so I uh, should get into this quickly. All right, so uh, Adam Larson back with the Oilers. Head coach Todd McClellan said you got to wait and see how he feels, so don't know when he'll return to game action. Might not be tomorrow, but uh, since he is back with the team, I would expect it to be in the uh, very near future, but we'll keep an eye on that development as well as we go along. We do have, oh, we got a couple of goals. Blake Wheeler scoring for the Jets. They go up 1-0 on the Avalanche. Uh, Wheeler's 15th of the season. He had gone 15 games without a goal. That is an Euler-esque drought. And the Flyers get a goal from Wayne Simmons to take a second period 1-0 lead over the Blue Jackets. We'll give you the story behind the Stollery Family Day Classic when we get back. And Olympic gold medalist Caitlin Laws all coming up on Inside Sports. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Well, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's 635. I'm live at the Terwilliger Rec Center for the Stollery Family Day Classic, and this has become a bit of an annual tradition for Inside Sports. It's always uh, fun. I, I even texted Steve Serdakny, who joins me now, one of the founders and organizers of this tournament, and the first couple years we did this, we were going back and forth. Okay, what? And this week, the text was like, hey, Steve, coming Friday, usual spot. You were like, yep. So so here we are. Well, uh, thanks, Reed, and, you know, we appreciate your support, and there's a lot of loyal listeners that listen to your show, and it's it's great to have you here. And Hey, it, it, there's nothing wrong with getting out of that studio and uh, and getting out into a you know, pretty neat environment I agree. once a year. So. I agree. How many years is this now? This is the eighth annual oh, uh, wow. Stollery Family Day Classic, yeah. It's it's amazing how fast time goes. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's an awesome event, and, and we should start there with the important part of that. I mean, Family Day Classic over the weekend, but Stollery. Uh, give me a sense of uh, of how 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 you've been able to help the Stollery in the past, and what's happening this year to help them out. Well, it's been a, it's been an incredible initiative. We've raised to date before this year's events 2.2 million dollars for the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation and Hospital. Um, we've been involved in a lot of incredible initiatives. What makes what makes it special for us is we do directed donations. So it's not just donating to the Stollery because there's many people that are, are generous and they donate to the Stollery and Radiothon. That course does an incredible job on and the many other activities.
communities. But for us, um, it's, it all started eight years ago. We wanted to open, uh, you know, 20 new critical care beds because they didn't have room. They didn't have the space yeah. for the children. And then the next initiative we worked on after that was there was a need for uh, building an ophthalmology uh, clinic and center that specialized in injuries of the eye. And, you know, I've played hockey and we've <laughs> everybody's been hit in the eye many different times. And it's just a world-class facility that we had a great opportunity to build and, and work towards. And, and this year's initiative uh, is a little bit closer to home. Um, we're going to be uh, supporting pediatric neurosurgery. And uh, what we want to do is we want to help that department that deals with all brain injuries in children from, from Western Canada. And, that, and it could be anything from uh, uh, developmental things, uh, cancer, tumors, um, cranial problems, problems of the skull, head injuries. Um, it's a really, really important area. And we're, we're going to be really supporting that uh, department uh, this year and the, and the following year. And we're, we're, we're going to be buying, you know, helping fund a very, very specialized piece of equipment that's not even in Canada yet. Wow. Um, it's almost like uh, for neurosurgeons, it is the Ferrari uh, hands-free. It's almost like if you can think of Google Maps on your phone when you're lost for brain surgery so they can find the pathways and perform the procedures in a hands-free fashion that can allow for minimal, I guess, minimal harm for the patient and maximum benefit and it's, it's state-of-the-art and we're really excited to be involved in this initiative and uh, you know that's that's what we're going to be doing and you know Mike House the the, the chairman of the Stollery Family Day uh, I'm sorry the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation um, when, he, when he was when he was a, a young young youngster like if you ever see him you'll you'll see a big giant scar on his head and he uh, he was a benefit of, of neurosurgery and and he's alive today because of it and I have uh, uh, my cousin's niece that uh, recently was born and she had some trouble so it's closer to home for yeah. us this year so we're really excited to, to support that initiative. And, of course, this is a hockey event, and we support the greatest game in the world, uh, hockey, helping kids play by providing them development through S4 and Hockey Edmonton, as well as uh, supporting great great causes like the Hockey Alberta Foundation, Every Kid, Every Community. And we want kids playing hockey regardless of their socioeconomic background. Yeah, so that's it's a special. Sure. Yeah. Playing for healthy kids is what it's all about, both the ones that can and the ones that can't, and we want to help everybody. Now, we're close to the – we're right across from obviously the uh, the auction table and I mentioned it a bit off the top but there's tons of hockey related items where people can find everything from board games restaurants there's a, some golf clubs so this is where people can come in really take some time look around and, and see what yeah you only only if you like the, the the best silent auction in the city right like, if you <laughs> want to if only if you only if you basically want to golf at Windermere a private golf course or Blackhawk or the quarry or several of the other golf clubs get right. direct access or if you want like a, a dinner for six at Hearts, you know, Chris Lachance's fantastic place or Al Prokop's 19, both in St. Albert. Like the dining experiences, like they're, if you're looking for something to do, dinners for six, dinners for eight with wine pairings with the executive chef to um, every, like if you want a, a Connor McDavid uh, authentic autographed jersey or a Drew Doughty or an Ovechkin or a Timo Solani vintage or whatever you want is here. If you enjoy golf, if you enjoy art, there's some unique tragically hip pieces anything for everyone including jewelry and diamonds for the ladies and wine and and just there's an amazing there's amazing things here even if you're not a hockey fan you're just somebody that's looking for gift shopping yeah. but you want your gift shopping to go to a great cause because all the funds go directly to the Stollery Children's Hospital uh, 
when they pay for their auction and they pay the salary there you and go. they they get to support but in the same way they also get a chance to uh to give back and that's what all the teams and the kids all the teams and the kids we encourage them to go in the community and to play in this tournament it's not about how much you raise but you want them to raise awareness and to give back to others and to think about others so each of the players in the tournament they go out to the community and they they spread awareness about the stallery and about the cause that we're trying to raise money and funds and awareness for and a lot of great things uh, a lot of great things are happening and the best part about this whole tournament is you're, we're trying to create that next that next generation of givers and philanthropists and people that care about other people, Reed. Um, you know, you understand how important that is, and I think that's something it's, it's missing sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, too much of the me, myself, and I um, mentality with kids. We want them to have the opportunity to, to grow. Steve Serdakti joining us on Inside Sports. We're at the Terwilliger Rec Center. He's with the Stollery Family Day Classic. So can you give me a sense of... Uh, because so many people are behind this, I guess the the, the corporate involvement plus, I mean, there's you got to be hundreds of volunteers behind this as well. Well, it's it's an, it's it's absolute army. But when you look at the the committee, the uh, Patrick Damali, Tracy Martin, the Jim Martins, Dan Serdakney's, uh, Deb Serdakney, and uh, the uh, Kevin Finley and Stacy Finley, and the people that have been involved from absolutely day one. It's a small and mighty group, but there's hundreds of volunteers that make this happen. But we live in the world's greatest place, Alberta and Edmonton and the corporate sponsorship. This event doesn't happen without these partners. And I don't even call them sponsors. They're partners in this. And, you know, ATB Financial has been uh, just an anchor for us. Johnny Winwick and the, the crew, they have they support us. And they don't just support us. They support our community and our province. And, and what a company and what a business. And they support the game of hockey, which, uh, you know, I'm forever thankful for. We're so excited to have Blaine Wright uh, from B. Wright, B. Wright Drywall and Summit Insulation come on as a new sponsor and partner this year. They've, uh, they've been incredible to deal with and such a great family and such a great company. And we're, we're excited to have them. Another new sponsor, Ross and Sylvester, their chartered accountants, uh, Brian and Kelly. They're just fantastic people that uh, that you know they've been wanting to support, and they're on board this year. Amazing. Uh, Mark Dobko, a driving force company that we're all familiar with. They continue to support us and provide us with Q vans and help to make this event happen. Murray's Trucking, Chantel Murray's been with us since the inception of this. She's working right behind the counter, working the loony stick. Um, what a company, but what a family that has supported hockey and the Stollery Children's Hospital forever. Stu McAndrews at Dolce Vita Homes, a great partner that continues to do amazing things. We're really excited about Derek Disposable. The Derek Group of Companies have come on board and really, really stepped up to, to do an amazing job. Boston Pizza Heritage, uh, Calgary Trail and White Avenue, they uh, provide the pizza parties for the kids for the top fundraising right. teams. They, uh, they, the, the wonderful Molson Canadian Beer Fridge, uh, pizza for a year. Like they, they're just incredible, incredible partners. And then you know, I go down the list from, from all the staff at Serdacne Hockey and the South Edmonton Blades Skating Club, the City of Edmonton, especially Hockey Edmonton. Um, Big shout out to uh, big shout out to Mark, uh, president of Hockey Edmonton, and uh, Dean Hangel and Dave Lindman, who did all of our scheduling for us. Like, there's just so many amazing people that make this event happen. And without them, without them to tell you the truth, it would be almost virtually impossible to uh, to su- succeed and do the things that we need to do. The one thing that I have to mention is. Uh, is Demores Mercato, uh, incredible Italian, authentic right. Italian place. And the reason why I got to mention these guys, Roche and uh, and Albert, for since the inception of this tournament, they've fed hundreds of our volunteers. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be able to have this staff and this volunteer force 
uh, when you're at the rink for 15 hours a day for four hours. I mean, for four days in a row. Demores Mercado uh, feeds us, and they've donated. They've, they've been an incredible, incredible partner that's done just absolutely amazing things, and we can't say enough about them. And uh, without them, I, I just don't know if this event would happen. Steve. Again, people can go to fam. It's famdayclassic.com. Full schedules. There's Adam Bantam, Novice, and Peewee. It's a really cool four-on-four format, and there are always penalty shots after the game. If a team is penalized, no time is served, but teams get shots after the game, so the score can change dramatically. So it's really fun to watch. It goes right through till Monday. Before I let you go, uh, through Sir Dakney Hockey, was it you have over 20 players currently in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. That's it's amazing. A, so, so it, you know, I've, I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, the Family the family Day Classic is, uh, is is an incredible event. Hockey's giving me everything, hockey and power skating and development. I've had the opportunity to work with the best players in the world and the, the Sidney Crosby's, the Leon Dreisaitl's, the Jordan Eberle's, the Mike Green's, uh, the, the players that, uh, the hundreds of NHL players that I currently have playing, but I'm really proud of the guys that are getting an opportunity to uh, to play in the Olympics. And I know everybody's a little bit disappointed with the NHL players not sure. being there, but let's get over that. Uh, there there is so many incredible hockey players out there and they're getting behind their country. And, like, you know, I'm going to start just to get off the... It, even on the girls' side, Megan Mickelson was a longtime student of mine playing and representing for Team Canada. Emilia Randbold, she's the captain of Team Sweden, like on the girls' side and several others. And then I look at, you know, I look at Anton Lander having so much success after spending so much time, scored the other day, Oscar Moeller, Linus Omark. And, you know, these guys, you know, they spent some time with the Oilers and some different professional organizations, but they're having a great time. You think of a guy like Mark Arcabello, like this kid, I remember this kid when I was in Stockton working with him. He's a walk. <laughs> on from college the yeah. smallest guy you've ever seen but boy I spent time and, and and this kid has so much heart he built himself uh, up in the in the ECHL to the American Hockey League to the NHL to the KHL now and now he's representing his country for Team USA um you look at a Gilbert Brule, to, to name a few the Rennie Borks the there's so many players that are incredible hockey players but they're getting this olympic experience and i've been in contact with a lot of them and they've been sending me pictures and videos and read they're having the time of their life this olympic experience this olympic experience for an athlete and, and not just hockey players it's something special it's it's not like anything else that they've ever experienced and they're as excited as ever to stay in the olympic village like you yeah. know the best part is we got like uh, you know Ilya kolvachuk and the pavel datsuk and and half these guys yeah, are yeah, staying, they're multi-millionaires staying, they're staying in, the in dorms they're staying in the dorms awesome. and, uh, and and they're loving it so it, it's it's been a really unique olympic experience for myself because every time i basically turn on the tv i uh, i get a chance to watch some of the athletes that I get to train and that I've spent time with, and uh, I'm proud of them. I'm really proud of them, and um, it's great to see the the game become so global and grow. And it's uh, it's it's more than just the NHL. A lot of those guys have had their their opportunities in the NHL. Some never get their opportunities, but they're getting their opportunity. Like <laughs> like we keep even go back to guys like Alex Plant. Like he's playing for you know I think he's playing for Korea. Like I was watching the other day, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like yeah. everybody's everybody's playing, and it's uh it's it's a it's a unique thing, and you know, we'll see what happens in the next Olympics after this, but what a what a once-in-a-lifetime experience for them. Steve, again, you're staging such a great tournament here, the Stollery Family Day Classic. Again, familydayclassic.com at the Terwilliger Rec Center all weekend. I know you're busy, but thanks so much for dropping by. Means, sorry, go ahead. It just, it, it just means a lot, and I just want to personally invite any family or anybody around that wants to... 
if you're a hockey fan or not a hockey fan, uh, the city of Edmonton has a beautiful Twilliger Recreation Centre. There's workout facilities, pools, gyms and activities for family. This whole event, of course, it's about the Stollery and hockey, but it's centred around family. And that's something that uh, I believe strongly in and that we that we need to build family and community. And we, do, we live in an incredible community in Edmonton. And I want to invite them down. There's something for everyone here during this weekend, even if you're not a fan of hockey and you just want to spend some time with your family. And we invite them to come down. We're thankful and grateful to you, Reed, and to 630 Ched for supporting our event continuously. It means a lot. And I know that uh, sometimes people aren't aware of how community-centered you guys are. And it means a lot to us to have you here and i hope you guys have a great great time and uh we love your show we're friends of the show well thank you for that and thanks for having us and speaking of the olympics gold medalist in mixed doubles curling caitlin laws when we get back inside sports on 6 30 chat it was gold in mixed doubles curling for canada at the olympics thanks to john morris and caitlin laws caitlin welcome to inside sports how are you doing i'm fantastic thanks how are you i'm doing very well thank you so much for making time for us here on 6 30 chad congratulations on the gold medal uh, what what have the last couple of days been like since you won the gold well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but a ton of fun. We've been busy with media and trying to spend some time with our family and also being fans of the Olympics now and cheering on our other Canadian teammates. So tell me who you have uh, there with you, whether it's family or friends supporting you and cheering you on. Uh, well, during our competition, my mom, brother, and boyfriend were here with me uh, in, the, in the arena, and uh, it was really special to have them here. I mean, I'm sure they've they've been supported throughout your curling career, and I, and, I, and I know you've won Olympic gold before, but what did it mean just to have them there and, and to share this with them? I really wanted to enjoy the games and let them kind of experience what I get to experience being at the Olympics and to be able to look up in the stands and see their sense of pride and joy cheering us on was something I'll never forget. And uh, they had a ton of fun being able to be a part of this so I, I know I wouldn't be where I am without their support and wouldn't have been able to make all those shots without them there. Caitlin the the sport of, of mixed doubles curling is I think a relative new one to a lot of viewers. I, I know I've talked to a lot of listeners, a lot of fans who said I, I never really saw it before or maybe ne- ever even saw it at all. And a lot of positive feedback about the pace of it and the excitement and, and the scoring. Um, I, I mean, when you, when you hear that, maybe you were expecting it. Maybe you knew people would fall in love with it. But just what do you, uh, what, what, what do you think when you hear that? And did you kind of think it might be a sport that, that Canadians would fall in love with? I was sure hoping it would be something that the fans would love back home. Uh, it is new to Canadians uh, in the sense that it hasn't been on TV so much like regular curling, but it's huge internationally, and uh, us athletes have loved playing it. We love how fast-paced it is and high-scoring and so athletic. There's so many aspects of the game that has really intrigued us, and to now be able to be a part of that first-ever Olympic mixed doubles and to help potentially grow the sport is so exciting to me uh, and we've had nothing but positive feedback so we're so happy to hear that everyone loves the fast-paced uh, and high-scoring aspect of the game as much as we do. 
Caitlin, I'm wondering if you can take me inside your head a little bit during a game. Obviously, you know, there's just the two of you on the team. You're, you're not throwing two rocks each. There's just the five total, and you start with rocks in play. So how is how, if at all, is the preparation and approach different for each end and some of the strategy? The biggest thing that I try and remind myself is that it's at the end of the day, I'm still throwing curling rocks. So that's what I train for uh, for basically my whole life. And I'm trying to be as precise as you can, but it's, it's different in the sense that there's only two of you out there. So uh, there's a lot more onus on how you react to certain situations. And you, it, there's, I feel like there's a, a bigger uh, pressure, I guess. But at the same time, uh, you have still someone out there supporting you and uh, I don't know it's just I love playing so when I'm out there I'm just happy Nice. Caitlin Law is joining us on Inside Sports Olympic gold medalist, just won mixed doubles at the Winter Olympics in South Korea. Okay, well, you mentioned, I mean, there's only two of you out there, a, tra- a traditional curling team. You got the four players, and there's the skip who often sets the strategy, makes the final call. Um, how do you go about the st- strategy discussions with John when it's just two of you? Do you ever have to say, okay, I'll, I'll make the final call on this one, or how do you handle some of those discussions? Uh, we learned that what worked best for our team was whoever was throwing their shots uh, needed to take a little bit of extra ownership on what they wanted to play. Uh, sometimes I would see something else, that, but if John was throwing it and he wanted to play something else, then that was what was best for our team. And for me, throwing that last rock, I wanted to make sure that I had full confidence in how I was going to throw, throw that rock, and he let me... Uh, kind of take the lead on that so it was uh, a good dynamic between the two of us and I was for the most part the one that was in the house calling line and he really uh, allowed me to kind of take over that role and it was a good balance between the two of us having both having skipping experience and at the same time we're thirds on our respective team so we have the balance of sleeping and and communicating to each other. Okay, one thing everybody says to me, Caitlin, is is like, wow, they throw the rock and then they get right up and they sweep their own rock. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is, that, is that difficult, a little more tax, taxing or just something you had to get used to? What was that like? Uh, that's the big athleticism part of mixed doubles, uh, to be able to get up quickly and react uh, to judge the stone and to chase after some of the high-speed ones is a little bit more challenging, but in our regular practices uh, back home, if we're throwing rocks by ourselves, we get up and sweep our own rocks anyways, so that really helped translate into mixed doubles. Okay, Caitlin Law is joining us on Inside Sports tonight. I mentioned off the top how a lot of Canadians fell in love with this sport, love watching you guys. There's there's always a fly in the ointment. Did did you read the Steve Simmons article from the National Post, or are you aware of it and some of his comments that this is, you know, a made up sport and, and a lesser gold medal than than some of the other medals? I mean, did you read that? Do you, would you like to respond to it? I'll give you a chance here. I personally didn't read the article, but was made aware of it, and I think everyone is entitled to their own opinions. Uh, but at the end of the day, we are so honored to be able to be part of this Olympic team and we've had nothing but positive feedback from the other athletes that are on this team. They're so proud of us and they loved watching us and to be able to see the athleticism, the mental 
capacity that you need to have to be able to compete at this level. Uh, I know a lot of people that I've taught curling or taken out for the first time, they, they don't realize how difficult it truly is. So uh, if he wants to get out on the ice with us, I'd be more than happy to do that. <laughs> that I'd, I'd love to see that for sure. But I mean, this isn't, I mean, this maybe it's a relatively new sport, but I mean, like I mentioned, you've won the Olympics before. You've, you're a decorated curler. And when did you first start curling? Were you, were you pretty young? What's the story behind you getting into the game, Caitlin? Uh, I've been curling for 25 years. I started curling when I was four years old, uh, but I was on the ice before I could walk <laughs> with my family. So my parents both curled, and I, I followed them around to curling club to curling club and fell in love with the game at a really early age. Were you always good at it, or when did you really start to get good and, and competitive? I always started, I always played a ton of other sports, uh, but curling was just something I was passionate about and started to have success at a young age. I was able to go to the Canada Winter Games when I was 13 years old, and that really kind of kick-started my curling career at a provincial and national level, and uh, I just wanted to always see some improvement. I wanted to keep learning about the game and try and find ways to get better. And uh, All of the other sports that I played, I, I genuinely just enjoyed doing recreationally but this was the one that I continued to want to build at and keep learning more about awesome okay so you're you're still in in Pyeongchang are you sticking around are you going to be a fan now or are you going to stick around for the closing ceremonies what what's uh, what's ahead here Caitlin well I'm uh, certainly going to be a fan I have taken in with John uh, some snowboard cross yesterday and we went and watched the men's hockey game last night uh, but I am leaving this evening. I'm going to be going to Norway to visit my boyfriend. He's over there playing hockey right now. So I'm going to go spend six days there, and then I'm coming back for the closing ceremonies and catch uh, some of the more action at the end of the game. Okay, well, that sounds great. Caitlin, I, I know it's been busy, so thank you for making time for us here on 630 Chen in Edmonton. Again, congratulations, and uh, enjoy this experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the support. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.